Amateur Radio Newsline report number 2292 with a release date of Friday, October 1st, 2021 to follow in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The following is a QST. Hams help plan public safety in wildfire country. Citizen Science marks one decade of Aurora watching and Soda Summit activators celebrate four-legged friends. All this and more as Amateur Radio Newsline report number 2292 comes your way right now. From around the world, this is Newsline, Amateur Radio's independent weekly amateur radio news and bulletin service. Now reporting from Picayune, Mississippi, here is Don Wilbanks, AE5DW. Our top story is an example of amateur radio playing an active role in broad-based public safety planning. The hams in this case are in a wildfire-plagued part of California. A California amateur radio club in a region imperiled by deadly wildfires has led the charge for a recently approved early warning system designed to enhance safety in communities near the San Bernardino National Forest. Here's Ralph Squilacci, KK6ITB, to bring us that story. At the urging of the Mile High Radio Club, the Riverside County Board of Supervisors approved the network of strategically placed speakers to broadcast public safety information during wildfires and other emergencies and disasters. The speakers are to be located at schools, camps, fire stations, and other venues. The Mile High Club has been a proponent of the project, which will receive a $210,000 grant from the U.S. Department of Homeland Security. The project is expected to be built in five phases and take about two years before it is fully operational. The HAMS have favored the establishment of the communication system to enhance their own roles in providing real-time information to first responders and the public during a crisis. The club is based in Idlewild and covers the San Jacinto Mountain region, which is a high-risk zone for wildfires such as the Cranston Fire in 2018. September was named National Preparedness Month by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, with dozens of organizations and agencies participating in drills. On the heels of this emphasis for citizen preparedness, the ARRL's annual simulated emergency test takes place October 2nd and 3rd as amateur radio operators show their readiness for emergencies and disasters. Randy Sly, W4XJ, has the details. The Simulated Emergency Test, or SET, is an annual nationwide exercise designed to assess the skills and preparedness of amateur radio emergency service volunteers, as well as those active in the National Traffic System, Radio Amateur Civil Emergency Service, Skywarn, Community Emergency Response Teams, and other allied groups. While the first week in October is the normally scheduled weekend for the SET, local and section-level exercises may take place throughout the fall. In addition to determining the strengths and weaknesses and providing communications under simulated emergency conditions and scenarios, the SET also provides a platform, like Field Day, for a public demonstration for service agencies and the news media regarding amateur radio's emergency capabilities. The SET offers amateurs an opportunity to learn and practice useful skills in traffic handling, net operation, and emergency communications protocols and management. They can also update their go kits for use during deployments and ensure that their home station's operational capability is ready for any emergency or disaster. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Randy Sly, W4XJ. 
A proposal to give radio astronomy operations use of frequencies between 300 megahertz and 2,000 megahertz within the shielded zone of the moon would remove amateur satellite allocations at 435 megahertz and 1260 megahertz for communications such as those with Lunar Oscar 93 and Lunar Oscar 94 two satellites in lunar orbits. The proposed changes by the Space Frequency Coordination Group, reported in the online journal Inside GNSS, would also apply to Mars. According to the article in the journal, the purpose of the proposal is to protect radio astronomy from RF interference. The article identifies several affected projects already in the works, including one from China that would include between five and eight satellites forming a radio astronomy antenna array in orbit around the moon. The northern lights are nothing new, but citizen scientists' study of the aurora is a fairly recent development. Paul Brown, WD9GCO, tells us about one established group whose enthusiasm endures. It's been 10 years since that October night when space weather scientist Elizabeth McDonald logged on to Twitter to read the observations people were recording about an aurora-filled northern sky, the product of a solar storm. That moment marked the starting point for Aurorasaurus, a means by which thousands of citizen scientists and aurora enthusiasts around the world contribute real-time observations about the northern lights. The research project has garnered the support of the National Science Foundation and, according to its website, has participation from researchers at NASA, the New Mexico Consortium, Penn State University, and Science Education Solutions. Newsline editor Dr. Tamitha Scove, WX6SWW, recently joined in the celebration by tweeting, quote, Congratulations on the 10-year anniversary of Aurorasaurus and to all the dedicated Aurora field reporters and contributors over the years. End quote. If you're interested in participating, visit the website at aurorasaurus.org. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Paul Brown, WD9GCO. The Director Emeritus and President Emeritus of AMSAT and prominent ham at the forefront of satellite operations has become a silent key. Tom Clark, K3IO, died on September 28th. AMSAT has renamed its annual general meeting and space symposium in his memory. The AMSAT Dr. Tom Clark K3IO Memorial Space Symposium will be held virtually on October 30th on Zoom and will be live streamed on AMSAT's YouTube channel. In a statement on his Twitter account, AMSAT's Bob McGuire, N4HY, wrote that he's putting together a memorial talk for the AMSAT meeting and the journal will have an appreciation as well. Tom Clark was 82. Youngsters in South Africa's Vortrekker organization marked their nation's Heritage Day by getting on the air and making some meaningful contacts. Jason Daniels, VK2LAW, tells us about them and the hams who helped make it happen. A group of young Vortrekkers, part of South Africa's scouting movement that celebrates Africana heritage, were eager to get on the air to celebrate the organization's 90th birthday. With the help of the Northern Cape Amateur Radio Club, ZS3NC, they spent five hours at a Kartu field station on September 24th, working and logging amateurs from a number of provinces in South Africa and regions in Namibia. Roy Walsh, ZS3RW, Esme Walsh, ZS3EW, and Gerhard Kotze, ZS3TG, helped them add new names and call signs to the log of special event station ZS90TVK, moving them even closer to qualifying for a communication badge. Said Roy, quote, we had fun as well, end quote. In all, there were 60 contacts logged. Best of all, two of the youngsters now want more than just their badge. They're looking to take the exam. 
and get their licence. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jason Daniels, VK2LAW. Time for you to identify your station. We are the Amateur Radio Newsline, heard on bulletin stations around the world, including the WM9W Repeater in Chicago, Illinois, on Tuesdays at midnight local time during the Nightcrawler's Net. There's nothing like being around a big crab, and we mean a really big crab, to put you in a good mood for a special event station. Neil Rapp, WB9VPG, tells us about this Claws Celebre. Horseshoe crabs are more commonly found on beaches, not near major highways. But the world's largest horseshoe crab, really an oversized replica of one, is being celebrated in Hillsboro, Ohio as one of America's notable roadside attractions. The Highland Amateur Radio Association, K8HO, is getting into the act on Saturday, October 2nd, by activating a special event station that calls attention to this crabbiest of curiosities. According to the Times-Gazette newspaper, Krabby, a pavilion-like structure made of fiberglass and foam, is 12 feet high and measures 28 feet wide by 67 feet long. That's a good bit larger than the real thing, which is no more than 19 inches. Hams will be on the air between 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. local time. Successful CUSOs will make radio operators eligible for a special certificate with a picture of Krabby. So for all your efforts getting through those pileups, you'll have nothing to crab about. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. When it comes to emergency response, nothing can substitute for hitting the road in an emergency. Knowing this, one Illinois ham radio club has been preparing its new communications trailer for serious action. Andy Morrison, K9AWM, brings us the details. The new mobile command center of the Massac County Amateur Radio Club is making its debut at a major fall celebration in Illinois this month. But the vehicle's appearance there is actually a dress rehearsal for its real role assisting in emergencies. The trailer, which is on loan to the club, will be introduced to the public at the annual Fort Massac encampment on the 16th and 17th of October. Club President Ruben Fuentes, WB5W UTF told Newsline that the club has been busy outfitting it with radios, cables, and antennas and will demonstrate its operation during the two-day event. He told Newsline, quote, Our goal is to be completely prepared to utilize the trailer in response to natural or man-made disasters such as floods, earthquakes, and tornadoes, unquote. The fall celebration is part of their prep work for activities requiring more urgent response. Ruben said, quote, this will afford us the opportunity to fine-tune the equipment as well as our skills, unquote. Club members will also be working to purchase the loaned trailer to make it a permanent part of their resources. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Andy Morrison, K9AWM. It's almost time for the online convention of the Radio Society of Great Britain. The agenda for the October 9th program is putting some of its spotlight on amateur satellites and on one recent Arctic de-expedition. Jeremy Boot, G4NJH, has more details. One of the operators from the JW0W Arctic de-expedition will recreate his past summer's adventures during an RSGB online convention. 
Alan EA3HSO will share the adventure of how Prince Karls Forland Island was activated for the first time in 20 years. During the four-day operation, Six Hams logged 16,000 QSOs. Alan will describe the setup and the pileups. Also on the programme is Sean KX9X, who will give convention attendees an introduction to using amateur radio satellites, whose popularity has been on the rise. The convention lectures will be live-streamed and there will be an interactive question and answer for the lectures. Anyone missing the convention can view the talks later on the YouTube channel of the RSGB. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jeremy Boot, G4NJH. In the world of DX, Emilio, HP2NG, is one of several operators on the air with the call sign 3E200P from Cologne, Panama, marking the nation's 200th anniversary of independence from Spain. The nation will be on the air until November 30th on various HF bands using several modes. There's a special QSL card that will be sent for contacts. It's recommended to QSL via Club Logs OQRS. You may also use EQSL or Logbook of the World. Be listening for Special Event Station 8J250IWA, celebrating the 50th anniversary of the Japanese city of Iwakura. This call sign will be on the air starting October 1st through December 5th. QSLs will be sent via the Bureau. Members of the Tiferiti Gang, DX Friends, will be using the call sign HD8R from the Galapagos Islands starting October 26th and through to November 7th. Be listening on 160 through 6 meters, including 60 meters, where operators will be using CW, SSB, the digital modes, and low-orbit satellites. Send QSLs to EA5RM. And the Budapest Radio Amateur Society, BRASZ, will be using the special event call sign HG5NATURE until October 22nd. That's N-A-T-U-R-E. The activation will take place during and after the World of Hunting and Nature exhibition in Budapest. QSL via EQSL. And our final story this week goes a little bit off the beaten track and a whole lot off the leash. It's about summits on the air and the dogs who love summit activations as much as their human counterparts do. Ed Durant, DD5LP, tells us of their adventures. A good dog will happily come when cold. Some especially good dogs will retrieve something you need. Radio operators know, however, that even the best dog can't necessarily fetch good DX from a summit on the air activation. Still, many bring their dogs along for the trip and are glad to have a friend there. A recent photo gallery called Sota Dogs on Summits was so popular when it first appeared online on the Sota Reflector website that a second edition surfaced this year. This new pack of Sota Dogs includes Yuri and Vinny, with Vinny the elder statesman of the mountain for Martin OE3VBU. There's Zoe, avid radio hound of Jeffrey, KX6I, and even a Sota puppy in training, introduced by a proud radio buddy Stuart, KB1HQS. The mountain goat of the bunch turns out to be a mountain sheep, a lamb named Norrit, born last May and rejected by his mother. Norrit says bah instead of bark, but he and his friend John, EA3BV, are likely to have some summit adventures that are likely wild and woolly. To see more of these loyal SOTA friends, visit the SOTA Reflector website at the link provided in this week's Newsline script at arnewsline.org. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Ed Durant, DD5LP. That's DD5 Loves Puppies. 
With thanks to AMSAT, the ARRL, Aurorasaurus, CQ Magazine, David Behar, K7DB, Inside GNSS, the Ohio Pen DX, QRZ.com, the Radio Society of Great Britain, Roy Walsh, ZS3RW, Ruben Fuentes, WB5WTF, the Soda Reflector, Southgate Amateur Radio News, ShortwaveRadio.de, Space News, Ted Randall's QSO Radio Show, Times Gazette Newspaper, Twitter, WSILTV, WTWW Shortwave, and you are listeners. That's all from the Amateur Radio Newsline. You can write to us at newsline at arnewsline.org. We remind our listeners that Amateur Radio Newsline is an all-volunteer, nonprofit organization that incurs expenses for its continued operation. If you wish to support us, please visit our website at arnewsline.org and know that we appreciate you all. For now, with Karen Eve Murray, KD2GUT at the news desk in New York, and our news team worldwide, I'm Don Wellbanks, AE5DW in Picayune, Mississippi, saying 7-3. And as always, we thank you for listening. Amateur Radio Newsline is copyright 2021. All rights are reserved.